Welcome to the Limitless Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us. We hope this message encourages you, inspires you, and helps build your faith. Enjoy the message. Uh, I'm really excited about this new series that we're bringing tonight. It's called God Is... All right. God is dot, dot, dot. And um, the purpose behind the series, we're, we're going to go more than likely around like three weeks with this series. But the purpose and the passion behind this series is for you not to only know about God. A lot of times we hear messages and we come on Sundays and come on Tuesdays and go from here to there. You hear podcasts and you know about God. But I want us to know I want you to be inspired after this message and after this series, to not only know about God, but to know God personally for yourself and to know him more than you know him now. I want you to be inspired. Are y'all with me? Um, So that's why I'm so excited about it. Anybody listening to this message, I hope they're inspired to to know God more, to go into their secret place and get to know him more because God is awesome. Um, But everybody wants to be a part of something bigger than themselves, right? Out there, there's, uh, everybody wants to know something about God or they, they have their idea of who God is. Um, a lot of times people have a false idea of who God is. Even Christians, a lot of times Christians even have a false idea of who God is or they think that he's unforgiving or they think that he's mean or they think that he's mad at them. And uh, they have a preconceived idea of who God is to them. Uh, a few years ago, there was a documentary on, is it National Geographic? And it's with Morgan Freeman, and it's about the story of God. I, had, I haven't really looked into it. I really watched it. But everybody out there is trying to find more about God, right? More information. And I, and I understand the context of the documentary is that he goes out to different countries and uh, goes to different religions and, and, and just sees what everybody, different cultures do um, to reach God. And I want to tell you all something. That religion... Religion, y'all know what religion is? Religion is man's attempt to get to God. But Christianity is God's attempt to get to man through Jesus Christ. So I want y'all to get that. And, um, and that's what Christianity is, is. It means Christ-like, being like Jesus. Being, that's what we're all about is being more and more like Christ every single day. And there's a lot of people out there that say all gods are the same. Or um, Allah and, and Buddha and Jesus. And, and it doesn't matter who you serve. They're all the same. Have y'all heard that before? I remember one time at my old workplace, uh, there was this one girl. She was a super sweet girl, super nice girl. And she, uh, she brought like a motivational sp- a speech um, to our, our team at work. And, and she came and, and she, um, she was saying, yeah, it doesn't really matter if you serve Jesus or you serve Allah or Buddha. It doesn't matter. Like, all gods are the same. As long as you're, you're doing your part, as long as you're sending positive vibes out to the universe, like that's all that matters. And she said this big old speech and uh, all the whole group was like clapping for her and they were cheering her on after that speech. And um, I was like, eh, that was wrong. <laughs> but a lot of people, and like I said, she was a nice girl, but a lot of people just have the wrong idea of who God is. And I want us to know who God is for ourselves. Amen. And, and we could know God, for who are, uh, know God for ourselves through his word and, and through spending time with him. 
Um, but there's only one true God out there. Amen? Only one true God. And I want to go to 1 John chapter 5. This is the, the main passage. Verse 7. This is the New King James Version. And it says, For there are three, say three, that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Matthew 28, 19 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So the reason I opened up with those two passages of scripture is because it talks about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, these are not three separate deities or three separate gods. It's not, it's not uh, God. It's not the Father is a God or Jesus is a God or the Holy Spirit is a God. No, they are God and they are one. That's what I want us to get. And uh, nothing fascinates me more than thinking about the sun in our solar system. How powerful the sun is. The, 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 it's a star, right? The sun. And when you think about the sun, man, it's, it's so huge, right? It's, it's, it's way bigger than the planet we live on. It's millions of miles away, but it still affects us every single day. When you wake up in the morning and uh, you open your eyes, it's probably most, more than likely bright in your room, right? The light's coming through the window and you're like, oh man, it's bright. Or you close the curtains and are y'all with me? Um, but that light that comes into your room is because of the sun. But the sun's not actually in your room though, right? Because you would be, you would have been dead. But the light from the sun is in your room. Same thing when you go outside, especially during these summer months that are coming up. And I know May's, May flew by, but we're going into June, July, and August. Those are the hottest months, right? In San Antonio, especially. Um, but when you go outside and you feel the heat out there, you could feel it on your skin. If you're out there too long, you could even get darker, right? Especially some of us here in San Antonio. A lot of us are darker than more people out there, but that's the sun, right? So the sun is a triune sun. It's, it's, uh, it has different functionalities, because if you just look at the sun in itself in our solar system, the, the, the purpose of the sun is to keep the entire solar system where, the way it is, constantly going. Because without the sun, all the planets will be out of order, gone, in chaos. But the sun keeps it all in order. But then also without the sun, us here on earth, we would be frozen to death. <laughs> there would be no life here on earth without the sun because of its heat. And also there would be no light without the sun here on this earth, right? It would just have night 24-7, no, no light. Wouldn't that be miserable? So as you can see, it has different functionalities. And that's the exact same thing with God. See, God is, is three, but he's one. And they have different purposes and different functionalities. The God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the first point I want to give you in this God is series is God is a father. God is a father. He is not only a father, but he's the father. And maybe some of y'all guys here have, have grown up in a great home and y'all have had a great father all your lives. Or maybe some of you grew up without a father. And, uh, or maybe some of you grew up with uh, a bad father or uh, a father maybe who 
who hurt you in, in, in any way, or even a parent, it doesn't have to be a father, but a parent that hurt you. And that's why I want to hit this point down. He's a father, and he's a loving father. And um, the thing that God the Father brings, the number one thing that he brings is fulfillment. And there's, uh, there's an emptiness in every single one of us. Every single one of our hearts has a void that only God can fill. And a lot of times we, and uh, well, let me just read you these, these couple scriptures. Um, Psalm 42, verse 1 and 2, it says, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? And then, and then Isaiah 55, 1 and 2 says, Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. So every single one of us has a longing, a a, a thirst for something to fill an emptiness inside of us. And many times we go to different things to fill that void. We could go to sex. We could go uh, to money. We think money's going to fill that void. We think a a relationship's going to fill that void. Or we think something out there is going to fill our void, a car or a house. And I'm telling you guys, nothing can satisfy you. The only person that can satisfy you is God, being your father. Knowing that he's your father. He's all you need. I remember in kindergarten, growing up, I was not a mama's boy. I was a, a daddy's boy, all right? Um, my, my dad, I spent a ton of time with him growing up. He took me, he took me to school every single day. He picked me up from school and, and got me a McDonald's Happy Meal every single day after uh, school. So I was, I was spoiled growing up. And then when I went to middle school, he would get me Bill Miller's every single day. And then when I got to high school, he would get me Whataburger every single day. So I was spoiled um, by my dad. But uh, I don't know if you can remember your first day of school in kindergarten. If you think about it, being a kid, your first day in school, pretty much everybody cries, right? Your first day. To, is anybody here cry on their first day of kindergarten? Don't lie. Don't lie to me. I, I cried on my first day of kindergarten. But most of what I was thinking about, why do, why do kids cry? It's because if you think about it, before that first day of kindergarten, all they know is pretty much their parents their mom and their dad. That's the, for the first four or five years of their lives, that's who they spent all their entire, all, the, all their time with, right? Your mom and your dad are, are your guardian. And so when you go to your first day of school, you feel that emptiness without your, your parent, without your mom or your dad. And that's how I felt. That's what, as soon as my dad dropped me off, I was like, ah, it started crying. And I was like that for the first week of school. Then I realized like, hey, well, it's, it's okay. They're still there. I'm going to go home. School's okay and whatever. And, um, but I believe it's the same thing with our Heavenly Father. There's that, that emptiness inside of us. Nothing is going to f- fulfill it like he can. And he's your father. He wants you to see him as your father. Are y'all hearing me? He wants y'all to see him as your father um, so that's one thing that God the Father brings is fulfillment. Another thing that God the Father brings is correction in our lives. And I'm so thankful in my life for, for God's correction in my life. There's, there's times where he saved me 
from, from disaster. He saved me from heartache. He saved me from pride. Uh, he saved me from, from different things in my life because of his correction. In Proverbs 3, verse 12, it says, For the Lord corrects those that he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. In Hebrews 12, 6, it says, For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. And then in Revelation 3, 19, this is actually Jesus speaking, but he says this as well. He confirms it. He says, I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. And so I've, this has never been more real to me than these last two years that I had, uh, that we had our son, Ezra. And it's kind of funny because before, like when Trelawney was pregnant of Ezra, of our first, first child, everybody was always telling me, or I always hear from pastors, like different speakers saying like, oh, it'll change your life. And uh, when, you're, when you have your first kid and you lay your eyes on him and you'll get revelation of what it means to, to be a father and, um, and you'll really know God, the father and, and everything he's done for you and stuff like that. And um, I remember after having, or after Trelawney having Ezra for like a month or so, um, I took a break. I took a break. We took a break from like preaching and stuff like that in ministry just to kind of like focus. And uh, I remember my brother Mondo, he came up to me. He told me, he was like, hey, when are you, uh, you going to start preaching? When are you going to preach again? And he was like, um, come on, bring a message this Sunday and, and uh, share all the revelation you've gotten uh, from being a father. And I was like, bro, I didn't get no revelation. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, all I know is I need sleep. <laughs> and that's all I knew is I needed some sleep. And uh, I was tired of changing diapers. And he was going through like 40 or 50 diapers a week, which was insane. Um, and so that's all I knew at first time being a father. But now that he's two years old, it's amazing how much I've learned about myself and how much I've learned about the father's love for me. Through, uh, through my son Ezra. And, and, he, and it's amazing seeing him grow, watching him grow up and, and God has shown me a lot about the responsibility of what it means to be a father. But now that he's, in, he's two years old, they call it the terrible twos, right? And man, he's getting into everything in sight. Like he was, he was going from one, the, the other day he was going from one dangerous, uh, <laughs> one dangerous situation after another. Like he was running to the stairs and he was going on top of the table and then he was jumping on, on Addy and, uh, and we were just like, oh my gosh, we can't keep this kid under control. But God's teaching me like how to correct him now and how, how what's good for him. And, and even just today we had to correct him. We had, we had to spank him because uh, he, um, I blame his uncle Mondo because uh, he taught him how to hit people. So he started hitting me and hitting trail and stuff. So we had to spank him, tell him that's not right. And then we put him in his crib and had to punish him. But, but the only reason I do that is because I love him. And if the Bible says, if you don't love them, if you don't love your child, you will not discipline them. So you have to discipline those that you love and God loves you. And that's why he brings discipline and correction in our lives because he's a father. That's who God is. He is a father. Amen? Amen. And another thing that God the Father brings in our life, in our lives, is protection. And you, you, you don't, like, you don't feel, as a child, you don't feel more safe than in your parents' arms, right? Or in your parents' presence. And it's the same thing with God our Father, with protection. And I want to read this scripture to you. It's in Psalm 127. Verse one, it says, unless the Lord builds a house, 
the work of the builders is wasted. And check this out. It says, unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with centuries will do no good. It is useless for you to do work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat. For God gives rest to his loved ones. So protection, true protection only comes from God, our father. And even as a parent, I could only do so much to protect my kids. I had to leave it up to God to protect them, to really protect them emotionally, protect them physically. And, and God's given me so much peace knowing that he's actually their protector and I'm not. And that's the way you got to see it as well. And that will take off so much anxiety, so much worry off of your life, so much stress when you actually realize that God, the father, is your protector. And that's who God is. When you're out there, you don't have to be afraid of getting in a car accident. Of course, you want to be cautious and stuff, but you don't want to have to have a fear of dying. You don't want to have to have a fear or a worry of things like that because God is your protector. And the Bible says that his angels go before you and after you. So I want you all to believe that, that God is your father. And another thing that God, the father, well, I'll read Isaiah 57. 13 says this, let's see if your idols can save you when you cry to them for help. Like I told you, there's people out there that see everybody as God. They see all these idols as God and other gods can't protect you. Other gods can't save you. Only the one true God can protect you and save you. Amen. And it says, let's see if your idols can save you when you cry to them for help. Why a puff of wind can knock them down. If you just breathe on them, they fall over. But whoever trusts in me will inherit the land and possess my holy mountain. And another thing that God the Father brings into our lives is provision. As a father, he is your provider. And a lot of y'all guys going, I mean, going into the next season of your, of your life from, I mean, from high school to college or from college to your career or you're already in a career, always know and always remember and trust God as your provider. Not your parents, not your job, not your career, not yourself. God is your provider. He's your father and he's your provider. Matthew 7, 9 says this. I lost my place, sorry. Matthew 7 and 9 says, You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will you, your heavenly father, give good gifts to those who ask him? That's such a powerful verse. If you were to actually really truly believe that, that he's your provider, man, you don't have to worry about money. You don't have to be stressed out about finances, about where your college tuition is going to come from or where, um, where the money for a new car is going to come from because God is your provider. Amen? So let's start believing that. Um, like I said, I'm going to use Ezra as, as an example again. He is he's the most happy when he's at home with his mom and dad. He's the most uh, happy when he's at home with his mom and dad playing Something, some sort of game or toys or activity. We could take him out to, to SeaWorld or take him out to a playground and he'll have fun. But I realize that he's the most joyful and he's the most happy when he's with us. And he's the most fulfilled when he's just spending time with us. 
And so it, it's like God, God um, he doesn't have to worry about a thing in the world. When he wakes up in the morning, he doesn't have to worry about what to eat. He doesn't have to worry about uh, paying bills. He doesn't have to worry about his exam or, or schoolwork or anything like that. And I was thinking to myself the other day, man, what a wonderful time to live before you're five years old, right? Does some of you wish you could go back to that age and just not have to worry about anything in life? And God brought it to, he brought it to my attention that just the way Ezra is and the way children are before they're in, in school, that's the way he wants his children to live all the time. Not to worry about a thing in the world. The Bible says don't worry about a thing. Instead, pray about everything. Not to worry about money, not to worry, not to stress out about things, not to worry about where your next meal is coming from or where your clothes are going to come from, because he's your father and he's your provider. He's going to always take take care of you. Are y'all hearing me? Are y'all getting something out of this? He God is a father and he's the father. And if you feel like you feel an emptiness inside of you, you need a you need to get introduced to dad tonight, all right? And and guess what? Dad is loaded. The Bible says that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and that the earth and and everything in it is his. And he, money is not an object to him. Nothing, nothing worries him. He has control over everything and he has control over our lives and our lives are in his hands. So we have to have peace in knowing that. Amen? Amen. So that's the first thing is God is a father. So, so we are his sons and daughters, right? And I want to ask you something. Have you ever had the thought that your parents don't know what they're talking about? <laughs> or that your parents don't understand the situation that you're in? Like even now or growing up, probably more than likely now, right? At your age. And you've had that thought and you give yourself a pass why you're in the situation that you're in. And, and you have the thought of it's just the age I'm at. That's why I'm going through this. Or it's just the season that I'm in. That's why I'm going through this. Or um, they don't understand because times are different now than they were back then. Have you had those thoughts? Yeah. Um, well, I want to tell you something else. OK. Because you're a son and you're a daughter, and, and a lot of times you think of God like that. And you think that, okay, yeah, he's God, and he doesn't really understand what I'm going through. Because he's, he's up there, and, and he, you know, of course, he, he lives victoriously because he's God. But I'm going through this situation because I'm going through my hormones, and I'm young. And, and you think stuff like that. But I wanted to give you the point number two, all right? Number two is God is a son. God is a son, which means he's been there before. He understands what you're going through. He understands the difficulties you face every single day. He, he understands the temptations we face every single day. He understands the, the depression that you're going through or the anxiety you feel every day or the fear or worry you may feel. Um, and only through the son is there salvation. So I gave you four things that the father brings, and here's another four things that the son brings. Number one, he brings salvation. And in Hebrews 2, it says, Hebrews 2, 14, it says, because God's children are human beings, listen to this, made of flesh and blood, 
the son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. So only through Jesus is there salvation. Um, One of my favorite, probably my favorite book in the Bible is John chapter 1. And if you will turn there with me, if you have your Bibles. John chapter 1. Actually, don't have it bookmarked. So give me a second. Are y'all checking these scriptures out or no? Yeah? All right, John chapter 1. It says, It says, In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God. And the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. Now I'm going to skip to verse uh, 10. It says he came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. And check this out. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So only he can give us life. Only he can bring salvation in our lives. It's because of his salvation that you're now a son or a daughter of God. And I'm here to tell you, we don't deserve to be sons and daughters of God. None of us do. We don't deserve. A lot of times we think we deserve to be where we're at. And we, the only reason we are where we're at and the success that we have in life is because of Jesus, because of his salvation in our lives. Um, another thing that he brings, that the son brings, is victory. He brings victory. Does anybody know who Tony Hawk is? Yeah, I don't know who Tony I didn't know if he was before y'all's time or not, but he was very popular like in the early 2000s. Um, I used to play his... his the Tony Hawk game all the time on Nintendo 64. It was a super cool game. Um, But Tony Hawk, the reason he became one of the most famous skaters of all time was because he did this trick. Does anybody know the name of that trick? Yeah, the 900. So nobody before Tony Hawk ever completed that trick called the 900. And it, it was basically spinning, what, is it two and a half times? Three, three full times. So the 900 is, is going up a ramp and spinning three times um, with your skateboard. And he finally completed that trick and he became famous for it. But out of all the skaters in the history of the world, he was the first one to do it. And it was only, I mean, about over, little, over 15 years ago or so. But, um, but after he did it, a lot of other guys, a lot of other skaters started, do, started doing that trick. And uh, it, it wasn't so, I mean, he was the first one to do it, but then a lot of other people realized that they could do it as well. And so other skaters started doing that too. Same thing with Mount Everest. It had to happen the first time first for somebody to finally reach Mount Everest. Then after that, then a bunch of other people started doing it, realizing they could. And I want to tell y'all guys that there's a scripture that says, because of one man's obedience, because of one man's sacrifice, many could obey God. Many are counted righteous. 
And that's the exact same situation with us. Because Jesus came to this earth and lived a victorious life, the Bible says that he never sinned. Because he lived a victorious life, now we're able to live a victorious life. Now all of us, because he, he lived a righteous life, now all of us could live a righteous life. So through the Son and the Son alone, through Jesus Christ, we have the victory. So if you're going through temptation today, if you're going through turmoil today, if you're going through anxiety today, if you're going through uncertainty, a time of uncertainty, if you're going through, um, I don't know, a, a heartache today, if you're going through rejection, Jesus understands because he's already been there. And the awesome news is he's already overcome it. So which means that you can overcome it as well. Are y'all getting this? I don't think y'all are getting this. I don't think y'all are as excited about me, about victory. <laughs> Hebrews 2.18 says this. Hebrews 2.18, if I could turn there fast enough. It says, since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. So he is not only a father. God is not only a father. He is a son. He came down in human form and he lived a victorious life. He went through the same temptations that we go through every day. He went through the same trials that we go through every day and more. And he came out victorious on the other side. That's good news. That's awesome news to me. Another thing that the son brings in our life is peace. Can anybody here use a little bit more peace in their life today? If you're going through or have gone through a difficult situation, he is the prince of peace. The Bible says that Jesus is the prince of peace. I want to share something with you all really quick that's, that's, that's so interesting to me. Because in the Bible, men were always called by the name of their father. Like they would say, like... Um, Peter, uh, like, or like Jesus, son of Joseph, or you know what I'm saying? Or like, uh, they'll name him by their father. And I want you to see something here because um, Jesus, they called him Jesus, son of Joseph, which Joseph was his earthly father. And then later on in his ministry, they called him Jesus, the son of Mary. Now I want to show you all something here, okay? In John 6, 42, it says this. It says, they said, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph? We know his father and mother. How can he say I came down from heaven? So there he is. He's, he's called Jesus, the son of Joseph. Now let's go to Mark 6, 3. Now the book of Mark was Jesus's ministry was three and a half years. I want you to get this. All right. His ministry was three and a half years. So the book of uh, Matthew, Mark and Luke were the last year of Jesus's ministry. So John was actually all three years of his ministry. But the book of Mark, Matthew, Mark and Luke were the last year of Jesus' ministry. So this is the last year of Jesus' ministry. This is Mark chapter 6, verse 3. It says, Then they scoffed, He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. But the interesting thing here is that they didn't call him Jesus, son of Joseph. Y'all know why? It's because his father had passed away. In, during the time of his ministry, Jesus, his earthly father, Joseph, had passed away, which is why they didn't refer, him to, refer to him anymore as Jesus, son of Joseph. They referred to him as Jesus, the son of Mary. 
And we could even continue in, in John 19. This is when Jesus was on the cross. And he says, standing near the, it says, standing near the cross where Jesus' mother and his mother's sister Mary uh, and Mary Magdalene, when Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, dear woman, here is your son. And he said to, that, to this disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. She was a widow. So at Jesus' death, Joseph was not there, his earthly father. So if you think about this, Jesus... He raised many people from the dead, which means that he was already in the middle of his ministry. When his ministry began, he was known as Jesus, son of Joseph. So Joseph was still alive. His father was alive during his ministry. So he could have raised Joseph, his father, from the dead. But why didn't he? I believe that he didn't raise his own father from the dead because he wanted to feel the pain of the loss of a loved one that we go through. Because he is a son and he goes through the exact same things that we've gone. He went through the exact same things that we're going through every day and he overcame them. He went through them. Isn't he amazing? So Jesus is your peace. And another thing that Jesus brings, the son brings in our life is healing. Healing. First Peter two twenty four says this. It says he personally carried our sins in his body on that cross so that we could be dead to sin. It says and live for what is right. Then it says by his wounds, you are healed. Another translation says um, you were healed. Past tense. So I want I want you to hear something because Jesus is not only your healer physically. He's your healer emotionally. And a lot of times we have so many wounds inside of us, wounds from a a loved one, wounds from a father, wounds from a mother, wounds from a a brother or sister that somebody told us something that you're never going to amount to something or something that's wounded you, a teacher, a friend. And Jesus came and he was rejected by people on this earth so that we could have acceptance through him, so that we could be whole in our souls and whole in our hearts. Are y'all getting this? So he came to make us whole emotionally and physically. It says, by his wounds, you are healed. Uh, uh, One of my favorite uh, scriptures in the Bible is uh, Isaiah 53, 5. It says, he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. And he was whipped um, so that we could be healed. And he was beaten so that you could be whole. He was whipped on his back so that we could be healed. So if there's anybody here who needs healing or who needs emotional healing or physical healing or who's listening to this, he is your healer. And there's only healing through Jesus Christ. There's only healing through the son because he already paid that price for you. People people don't go to hell because of sin. People are not sick because of disease. Because Jesus already paid for your diseases. He already paid for your sins. See, people go to hell because of unbelief. Because they don't believe that he did that for them. And it's the exact same thing. We receive healing emotionally and physically by grace through faith. The same way that we're forgiven for our sins. Are y'all getting this? Okay, so God is a father. God is a son. And you might say, well, man, Jesus is awesome. 
And too bad he's not here physically, right? Too bad I, I'm not like the disciples and he, they walked with him personally uh, throughout their lifetime, right? I could only, I would be able to live victoriously if Jesus was actually here right beside me and, hey, bro, like, stop doing that, man, right? And, and encourage y'all, encouraging you every single day. But I'm here to tell you, I want to read y'all, or in John 16, verse 7, I want to read y'all this. It's, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, and he says, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. He told him that. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. So who is he talking about? So my third point is God is a spirit. So God is a spirit. And um, that's, why the, that's who the Holy Spirit is. The Bible refers to him as the advocate. Another translation says he's our encourager or our counselor or our comforter. And uh, John 4, 24, it says... For God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And then uh, 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, For the Lord is the spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So I want to tell you all guys that God being a spirit is good news for you and me. Because Jesus, as far as the Bible is concerned, Jesus is not here physically, right? The Bible says that Jesus went and ascended to the right hand of the Father and Jesus is not omnipresent to where he's everywhere, but the Holy Spirit is everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's here with us today. And he's, whenever you feel the presence of God in your life, you're feeling the Holy Spirit. That's God through his spirit. And the reason this is good news, because this is the one thing that the spirit brings is relationship. This is how we have relationship with God, because you're a spirit. And a lot of people think that I want y'all to hear this. A lot of people think that we're human beings and that we have spiritual experiences when we, we, come, to, when we come to the church and we, we feel God. A lot of people have the, the perspective that we're human beings having a spiritual experience. But no, I want to tell y'all something. You're actually a spiritual being you're having, and you're having a human experience while you're here on this earth. So we are spirits and that's how we're able to have a relationship with God because he's a spirit. So we have a relationship with him through the Holy Spirit. So uh, many people, uh, like I said, many people see themselves like that. But I'm here to tell you that you're a spirit. That's why we had to build up our spirit, man. That's why we had to get in prayer. That's why we had to get into the word to feed our spirit and to not, and, and to not just be feeding our flesh. And that, that's why I talked about in the last series is to control, control your appetites. Because when we don't control our appetites, then we can't feed our, we end up not feeding our spirit man, which is our spirit man's the one that communicates with God. Are y'all getting this? So when Jesus was here on this earth, his, fo his followers knew him personally. But now that he is at the right hand of the father, we know him through his spirit. Um, so another thing that the Holy Spirit brings in our life is not only relationship, but is guidance. Can anybody here use more guidance? Right. Especially the, the, the next season that we have coming up of school and um, careers and things like that. We could use some guidance. Uh, I'm almost done. So in John 16, 12, it says there is so much more I want to tell you. This is Jesus talking, but you can't bear it now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Say that with me. Say all, all. truth. 
He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Isn't that awesome that he, he will tell you, the Bible, the Bible says he will, he will guide you into all truth, which means that the Holy Spirit knows everything about everything. And he knows the future. So choosing the right career, that should be nothing for him, right? If we look to him for, for guidance. Choosing the right spouse, that should be nothing for him, right? He knows all things. That should be nothing to be able to, to hear, hey, Holy Spirit, who, who, is my, who should I marry? Who's the right person to marry? Who's not the right person to marry? We should know that because he leads us into all truth. He'll tell you about the future. He'll give you warnings and tell you, hey, this is not right for you. Don't, don't choose that job or, hey, don't choose that relationship. This is not good for you. And he'll give you warnings about the future because he is our guide. Um, another thing that he brings is encouragement. He brings relationship, he brings guidance, and he brings encouragement. Is there there anybody in here who's ever felt like they just wanted to give up? Like you just wanted to throw in the towel? Y'all just wanted to fold and just say, I'm done? Has anybody ever been there? I know a lot of us can relate to that. Well, he's the one that's going to encourage you to keep on going, to keep on keeping on. That word advocate, a lot of times it's translated encourager. The Holy Spirit is your encourager. And if we're, we don't have fellowship with him, then that's no wonder we're discouraged. No wonder we can't move forward. No wonder we don't see hope in our future because we don't have any fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Um, another thing that the Holy Spirit brings is power. Power in your life. Power to, to be bold for Jesus. Power to witness. Um, power. He, the Bible even says that he'll give you gifts and and. and the power to do signs and wonders and miracles. It comes through the Holy Spirit. Uh, Romans 8, 11 says this. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Say that with me. It says lives in me, lives in me. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. That's really good news, guys. And I'm already done. I'm already, I'm already going to close. But um, I, want us to, I want you to be inspired. I want you to be encouraged um, to, to go home and, and to know God for yourself, to, to know him as friend, to know him as your, your encourager, to know him as your counselor in life, because that's what he wants to be. He wants to be a father to you. He wants to be, um, he wants to be a healer to you. He wants to be someone that you fellowship with. Are you hearing me? Second uh, Corinthians thirteen fourteen says, "May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all." That's such a powerful verse. May the grace. What is that? That's His favor. May the love of God. What is that? That's fulfillment. And then may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. What is that? That's relationship. So favor, fulfillment, and fellowship is what you get from God. Amen. So at this time, let's just bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's just let's just focus on what God is speaking to you tonight. Thank you again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you did, please subscribe. That way you will always be in the know. Also, if you were impacted by the message today, 
please consider sharing it by clicking the share episode button or even taking a snapshot and sharing it on your social stories. We'll see you next time on the Limitless Podcast.